Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me on my drive to work this morning. The Lakers got a huge win last night at home against the Utah Jazz, 101-95. Lakers played well, good defense, good offense. Let's jump into it. All right, so the Lakers, like I mentioned in the intro, got a huge win against the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz are currently in the fourth seed in the West, making this really one of the biggest wins the Lakers have had all season. I mean, looking back at the schedule, I think the only other really big win the Lakers got was early on in the the season against the Miami Heat, who are a good team in the East right now, but they were playing without at least Jimmy Butler. I can't remember if Bam Adebayo was out that game or not, but... You know, they're playing against an injured Heat team, but still, that was, a, that was a big win. But, I mean, since then, the Lakers haven't really had a big win. I mean, we played the Celtics. We got a big win against the Celtics, which is always, like, a nice win to have. But the Celtics aren't a top contender necessarily right now in the East. So, from a from a win-loss standpoint, you know, the, the Utah Jazz, this is a big win. This is, the, this is the best team that we've beaten in the Western Conference that I can that I can think of. I mean, we lost. We've lost to the Warriors. We've lost to the Suns. We've lost to the Grizzlies multiple times. Don't we know? We've lost to even the worst teams in the in the West, the Kings and and teams like the Thunder. You know, teams like that. So this is by far the biggest win that the Lakers have had this season against a Western Conference team, and it's all due to defense. The Lakers played great defense. They held the Utah Jazz to ninety five points in the game under 100 points and this is a team that has been leading like the western conference in points scored you know they they mentioned during the broadcast that the the jazz lead teams in points scored i'm pretty sure and the lakers lead teams in points allowed pretty or something like that or they're like top five in points allowed so it was a it was a recipe for disaster but i think that the 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 game against Denver really woke the Lakers up. At least that's what it seemed like last night. I mean, again, it's only, it's only one game since that. It's only been one game since the loss to Denver. So we'll, we'll have to kind of see how things continue to go. But the Lakers were playing with, with, you know, as if they were with some urgency, with some effort. The defensive, the defensive intensity was there, which is what we've been wanting to see all season. I mean, we know the, the Lakers can do it. And now, after, especially after this game, the Lakers have proven that they can do it. So anything less than is a disappointment, you know? So we have, we've been wondering what the Lakers can do all season. And this is proof that the Lakers can beat the best, some of the best teams in the NBA. They can do it, and they can, they can do it well. I mean, this game last night was, it was just a good game overall. I mean, the Lakers played good defense. They early on in the game, like the second quarter, they had up to a 12-point lead in the game. Then they gave up a little bit of a run right before the half. It was the Lakers were up by six at halftime, and then they had an awful third quarter where they only scored like 14 points. They got outscored like 36 to 14, I think, in the fourth quarter. Suns went up, or Suns, Jazz went up pretty big. Jazz got up to like a 10-point lead. And after that third quarter, it seemed like it was over. It seemed like the Lakers had kind of done everything that they could do, and it just wasn't enough, and the Jazz were going to win because they're the better team. But the Lakers came out in the fourth quarter, and I tweeted this last night, but Stanley Johnson should get credit 
should get most of the credit for this win last night. Stanley Johnson in the fourth quarter had, I want to say it was he had 12 points. He had so he had 15 points in the game, and I want to say he had 12 of his 15 points all in the fourth quarter, like possession back to back to back to back possessions where he got to the basket, you know, layups. He hit a, a mid-range jump shot from the free throw line. He took the ball into Rudy Gobert down low, created a little space, stepped through, uh, got a layup, and and he, he was just killing it from the offensive standpoint. I mean, Stanley Johnson was killing it in the fourth quarter, and he really gave the Lakers a lot of momentum from the offensive standpoint. And then from the defense, you know, defensive-wise, defensive Stanley Johnson's always great defensively. And the Lakers played well just overall defensively. Like, they were getting stops. And, and so a lot of this had to do with, like, this is one of those examples of, like, the Jazz partially were missing a lot of shots. But then on top of that, the Lakers were actually playing good defense. I mean, this was what I talked about in my last episode where you want to see teams defensively closing out on as many shots as possible. You know, you want to close out on as – I mean, you're going to – you're going to get beat a few times, right? Just with offensive plays, and if you, the team passes well, things like that. It's hard to to stay in front of good passing. But if you can close out on the majority of, of shots that are put up, your chances are the team is not the team you're playing is not going to have a crazy high shooting percentage. And that's what happened last night. the The Jazz struggled shooting wise. They shot 36% from the field and 26% from three, which is pretty bad. But the Lakers didn't play that much better, honestly, offensively. They shot, the Lakers shot 29% from three and I think like 38 or 39% from the field. So they shot better than the Jazz percentage-wise, but they didn't shoot like great or good even. They didn't even shoot really like good, really. They play any worse defense and they're losing that game. So the defense is what helped kept them afloat because, because they weren't necessarily shooting the lights out of the gym. But, but you saw in those plays, like, getting stops and getting getting stops defensively, getting pushing the ball down the court, and, and getting the Jazz on their heels defensively leads to better offensive opportunities. I won't say, like, last night, you know, I say good defense leads to good offense. That's true. And it led to good enough offense for the Lakers to win the game. But I wouldn't say it led to, like, great offense last night because the Lakers – still struggled shooting they only put up 101 points so the defense again kept them afloat in the sense that they held the jazz to 96 points which was enough to win the game and and ultimately it you know it just that's just what it's all about defense defense is is so key and i think that's something that we've looked over as lakers fans the last two seasons maybe not i don't know i know i talked about it a few times i've seen articles about it but the Lakers' defense was was fantastic the last two seasons, and then we gave up that this season. And we're really we are, especially looking back, like in retrospect, we're able to see just how important defense is to be a, a contending team. If you can't play defense, you're you have no you have no chance to contend for a championship. And that's where the Lakers find themselves so far. So we see that the Lakers can do it. So let's just keep it up. Got to keep it up. Got to keep up the intensity. I know it's tough having Anthony Davis out. I know it's tough with LeBron being 37 years old in his 19th season, having to play 35-plus minutes a game and put up the offensive efficiency that we need from him. 
I know it's tough. Russell Westbrook's brand new in this system, and he's trying to figure things out. I know, you know, more than half the guys on the team are brand new trying to figure this thing out with the Lakers. So there's a lot of things going up against us right now. But we proved last night that we we can do it. We can play with some of the best teams in the NBA. We can play good defense against them. And and hold them to under 100 points, which is crazy. I mean, that's that's fantastic defense to hold a team like the Jazz to under 100 points. And in late in the game, I mean, the Lakers. So there's this one play where the Lakers. It was a five point game. Lakers are up by five. They got a great defensive stop. Russell Westbrook got a great rebound defensively, where he like fought Rudy Gobert to get to the ball. And then once he got the ball, he just was like a lightning bolt down to the other end of the court. And it's one of those moments where it's like, it's one of those like, no, 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 yes moments where like Russell Westbrook is like pushing the ball down the court. There's like 45, 50, 45, 50 seconds left in the game. Lakers up, up by five. You just need to like hold the ball, run the clock down, get fouled, hit some free throws, right? That's, that's what the play should be. For whatever reason, Russell Westbrook sees a lane to the basket and just bolts for the basket, gets all the way to the hoop, gets fouled, makes the bucket, gets the and one, makes the free throw. Lakers go up by eight with, you know, at that point it was probably like 40 seconds left in the game. Maybe 35 seconds, I don't know, something like that. And and even like Stu Lance during the broadcast was like yelling like, stop, stop. <laughs> Just because like that's like the, the right, the, the right, the quote unquote right basketball play would be to, again, slow the ball down, run the clock down, get fouled, make your free throws, go by seven, right? But Westbrook goes down, makes the play, gets fouled, hits the free throw, Lakers go by eight. So, I mean, it worked. It worked. I mean, and that's exactly what you get with Russell Westbrook, right? It's like there's moments where there's going to be moments where Russell Westbrook does that or does something like that, and he misses and he blows the layup. And the Jazz get the ball back with 30 seconds left down by five. They hit a three or something, and it's only a two-point game, right? That's that's the risk there. The risk reward with Russell we- with Russell Westbrook is there. There, I mean, there's a risk and a reward with him, where it's like the risk is some low IQ. The biggest risk, in my opinion, is the low IQ plays down the stretch of a close game. In this case, he made it work, so. You know you can't really complain about it, but it still was a bad like it was a dumb play, and and it worked. So I'm happy that it worked, and the Lakers ended up winning the game. But at the, at the end of the day, that's the risk reward you get with Russell Westbrook. Sometimes he misses that layup, and the Lakers are in a worse position. And sometimes he makes it and gets fouled, and the Lakers go up by eight. So that's just how it is. It worked out in our favor last night, so I'm happy about it. And and down the stretch of the game, like with a few seconds left, or like. 40, 30 seconds left. Lakers went up by 10, which again, I know it's like garbage time. There's fouls and stuff, but Lakers went up by 10. Could have won, like the the final score of this game could have been a 10 point game. But then again, in garbage time, the Jazz got a couple buckets and it ended up being a six point game. So the game actually looked closer than it ended up being because of that Russell Westbrook play, or not because of the Russell Westbrook play, like because of the Russell Westbrook play at, at the end. It should have been a bigger lead for the Lakers, honestly. But they just had a few garbage time, like dunks and layups down the stretch, and 
and uh, made it a closer game than it was. But Russell Westbrook last night, he ended up, he ended up with 15 points also. So this is another key for the Lakers that I that was awesome to see was spreading the wealth offensively. So LeBron James had 25 points. Russell Westbrook had 15 points. Stanley Johnson had 15 points. I think uh, Malik Monk had... Oh, it's slipping my mind. It was something like 12... Somewhere between 12 and 15 points. THT, I think, had 11 points. So the Lakers had five players in double figures last night, which is something that... Like, I mentioned this in, in my previous episode, but something that we haven't seen from the Lakers in a, few, in, in a while is more than three players in double figures you know against the against the nuggets on what day was that saturday against the nuggets on saturday the lakers had three guys in double figures the nuggets had like six guys in double figures same thing against the kings we had three guys in double figures they had like five guys or six guys in double figures so spreading the wealth offensively is important like it it just shows that i you know i think for me that's the proof where like the, the good defense leads to just better offense again it's hard to say good offense when the Lakers shot didn't shoot that well last night but we had guys more you know you had Stanley Johnson getting 15 points you had THT with 11 you had Malik Monk with 14 or 15 you had LeBron with 25 you had Westbrook with 15 right we had multiple guys getting getting buckets where like in previous games it would have been LeBron with 30 Russell Westbrook with 18, Malik Monk with 20, right? And that's it. That's all the scoring you get. Every from there on, it's like three points, five points, six points. It's it's not you know you're not getting many much more production from the rest of the team, but having having yeah, I just think it's good off or good defense is leading to guys moving around more, getting the ball more, making better passes. Just you're more engaged when you're playing good defense you're just more engaged in the game you're not there it's just such a a, a, let, a let down feeling to see the basket the basketball go in the hoop for the other team and then have to inbound it and bring the ball up the court and then the defense the the other team is getting set on defense and it's just harder to run plays like that and it's harder to create offense like that but when you're playing good defense, flying around, getting a hand in the guy's face, they're missing shots, you're getting a rebound, you're outletting the ball halfway down the court, you're moving, you know, you're you're getting the, the other team on their heels, and it just creates better looks for you offensively. And that's what you see when the Lakers have multiple guys putting up double points and double figures. So that's just, again, more proof that the Lakers, um, that just the, the good defense for the Lakers leads to to better offensive performances. And, you know, I, I was starting to talk about Russell Westbrook. He played pretty good. I mean, the, again, the shooting for the team wasn't great. He, he didn't necessarily shoot all that well, but he put up 15 points, and he absolutely destroyed Rudy Gobert in, I forget what quarter it was, third quarter probably. He absolutely destroyed him. He It was one of those plays where it, this was like an old-school Russell Westbrook play, which we have not seen for a long time. I don't think we've seen it all this season where he he like a lightning bolt dribbled down, took off from like the middle of the key and just slammed one-handed slam on on Rudy Gobert. Just absolutely destroyed him. Gobert had didn't know he, I don't I honestly don't think Gobert 
knew like what hit him until after it happened. It was unbelievable. So just good to see the intensity from Westbrook. Westbrook goes down, dunks all over Rudy Gobert, comes down, he's fired up, he's yelling, he's he's talking talking crap to, to Gobert and all this stuff, and he got a technical for it, but honestly, like, I mean, the Lakers won, so I don't really care, but, like, he gets a technical for it, which is totally fine. In my opinion, it just shows that he's fired up, he's dialed in, he want you know, he wants it, he's, he cares, like, he, and that's good to see, right? It's like, for all the frustrations that we've had with, with Westbrook, and I'm still not convinced that he's going to win that Westbrook can be a part of a winning team, a championship team. I'm still not convinced of that. But if he's going to be on the team, I like to see that he's fired up. I like to see that he's engaged and he's and he care. And I, I get it. It's one play. You get fired up. Anyone would get fired up after that. But still, like, it's just good to see with all the crap that the media and fans on Twitter and everything have been talking about him, myself included, I would be disengaged. I would be like, you know, F it. Like, I don't care I don't want I don't want this I don't need this you know I'm, I'm Russell Westbrook I don't need crap from these Lakers fans I would I would feel that way if I were him so to see him play through it and have these these highlight level plays these you know even down the stretch he makes the big play the and one play right like we didn't need that from him necessarily but he did it anyway and it was a good play and the Lakers were having fun and he was having fun which is which is in a letdown of a season so far, that's what kind of what you want to see. Hopefully the Lakers can start having fun, build some more chemistry, and keep playing well. We, You see what what happens when you win. Like, when you win, you have fun. So why don't the Lakers just try and win more? You know, it's like simple as that, right? So a good overall win for the Lakers. Russell Westbrook definitely created momentum-shifting plays, I feel like. Whether he was super efficient on offense or not there wasn't really one player that was super efficient for the lakers it was kind of a team effort which is which is great again this goes back goes back to what i was saying you want to see those team efforts so there there again there wasn't necessarily one player that was really killing it for the lakers lebron at 25 he didn't shoot super efficiently russell westbrook 15 not really shooting efficiently malik monk didn't shoot that efficiently so you know it's tough right like the the, you want the offensive efficiency to be better, but if you play great defense, you you can make up for it. So that just goes to show the Lakers can do it. The Lakers need to just keep doing it. They need to keep doing it throughout the rest of the season. And we have some tough games coming up, but hopefully this win against the Jazz gives the Lakers some confidence that we can beat these teams. And I, we've been in close games. We were in a close game with the Nets on Christmas Day. Like, we've been we've been in close games with good teams so I think they know they can do it it's just a matter of like actually seeing it get done can give you that that real confidence like maybe they had some some teetering confidence of like yeah I think we can do it right you know we've been there we've been close we just have to finish it out the Lakers finally finished it out they finally got that win against a good team and they did it without Anthony Davis they did it without Carmelo Anthony Carmelo Anthony has been out for few games which I, I haven't mentioned on the podcast but Melo's been out Anthony Davis obviously obviously has been out we still haven't played with Kendrick Nunn yet so like to get a win against the Jazz with Anthony Davis out who's a obviously a key offensive and defensive player and Carmelo out who's also a key offensive player right he spreads the floor well he hits threes he's not a great defender but but from an offensive standpoint he's good and then 
Oh, I think Austin Reeves also had double-figure points. I think. I could be wrong. But Austin Reeves played great. I need to mention that. Austin Reeves, rookie, is killing it for the Lakers right now. Again, he's not... He's kind of in that that role that the Lakers created for Alex Caruso where we didn't need a ton of scoring from Alex Caruso. We don't necessarily... Well, this team's a little different. We're like, we need all the scoring we can get. But, like, Reeves isn't going to be a guy that's going to put up a ton of points necessarily. Like, he'll get on a good game, right? He, like, his high, he had a high-scoring game against the Kings, I, I want to say it was. Or maybe it was the, the Grizzlies, where he had, like, 19 points, right? Like, that's, that's his high-scoring game so far. And, again, he's only a rookie. He's only, it's only been 40-something games. But he his defense is unbelievable. It's great. Like, he closed out. I think there was a few plays where he closed out on Donovan Mitchell and then stayed in front of him, kept him from getting to the hoop. And, and that's the kind of perimeter defense that you need, right? Like, we talked about this before where the Lakers not having Anthony Davis down low does hurt them, but their poor perimeter defense hurts them even more because LeBron James, like, he's – not a center, right? He's not a big like he's not the tallest guy in the NBA, but he's six foot nine, right? Like he's or six foot eight. Like he's a tall guy and a big guy, so he can he can hold his own down low playing the center position, but he can't do it if if the guards are just playing Olay with with the offense, letting him get right past them, get to the hoop. When you when you give a guy a full head of steam to the hoop, it's going to be hard to stop him. Whether either either you're going to give up the bucket or you're going to foul him or both which happens all the time with the Lakers. So to have a guy like Austin Reeves be able to play good perimeter defense, it shows. It shows, and, and the Lakers are better for it. So Austin Reeves' appreciation uh, comment there. I need, we need more, you know, as much playing time as Austin Reeves can get, he needs it. So, so and, and speaking of playing time, this is one of the bigger questions that was have going around on, on Lakers Twitter last night was, the, the Malik Monk playing time. So Malik Monk, you know, he's been he's been pretty pretty consistently good for the Lakers. He hasn't been, obviously, to the LeBron level where every game he's getting 25-plus. But especially in the last, like, the, the stretch of the last, like, 10 or so games, he, he's, you know, I, I think I tweeted this, that he's the third best player in the Lakers' big three. It's LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Malik Monk, right? Like, that's how good he's been playing. And last night, Trevor, there there was a point in the game. I, I've, I didn't look to see how it ended up, but there was a point in the game last night where Trevor Ariza's minutes doubled that of Malik Monk's. And Trevor Ariza, you know, he was hurt for a while. I think Frank Vogel's trying to get him back into the swing of things. Like, the best way to get conditioned for games is to play in games, right? It's hard to get game conditioning and practice and game conditioning other in other workouts right so maybe he's trying to get Trevor Reza up to speed and and, and back into game condition I'm not sure but Trevor Reza is not the same level player as Malik Monk is definitely not offensively and then defensively Trevor Reza throughout his career has been a good defender and maybe this is why Vogel has him in so much to get him in condition but he looks slow out there, man. Like, he is having trouble staying in front of guys. And I'm sure, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm sure Rob Palenka brought in Trevor Ariza because 
He's a quote-unquote good perimeter defender, and he has been for his career. But I don't know that he's really that anymore. I mean, he's maybe, again, maybe it's a conditioning thing. I hope that's what it is, and I hope that's why Frank Vogel gave him so much playing time. I hope that's what it is. But he looks slow out there. He he hits a, he can hit a few threes, but he's not like a knockdown three-point shooter necessarily. So, you know, it's tough. I mean, there's certain tiers of like who you want taking a three-pointer, right? You have Malik Monk is one of them. Carmelo Anthony is one of them. LeBron is one of them. Trevor Reza is somewhere in the middle, right? Stanley Johnson is someone that you really don't want shooting threes. So, like, there's a, there's tiers, right? And I would say Trevor Reza is somewhere in the middle. He's – he hits – I feel like he hits, like, every two threes he shoots, which is which is okay, right? That's a – I mean, that's like a 33% shooting percentage, which is not that – whatever. It's middle of the road for the, for the Lakers. Um, so, having him on the floor from an offensive standpoint is – not the worst, but not the best either necessarily. Like, my thing is, like, why the Lakers are struggling at a point in the third quarter to get buckets, to score the to score the basketball, to get points. And Trevor Reza is out there with double the playing time as Blake Monk. And I had someone mention uh, to me on Twitter, because I, I tweeted, you know, I, I, like, quote tweeted a tweet where I was like, I've defended Vogel this season, or I've defended him in general, but it makes zero sense to have Trevor Reza doubling the amount of minutes as Malik Monk. Especially just given the offensive production Malik Monk has been giving the Lakers the last 10 games or even all season, really. And, and Malik Monk, like, he's a smaller guy. He's like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, but he's quick. He's not the best defender, but he can stay in front of guys. Like, I've seen good defense from him. So it's not like Malik Monk has, like, been playing bad or anything and and reason needs minutes over him and you know I I don't know what it is it doesn't really make sense to me and maybe again maybe Ariza keeps those minutes but why does maybe you know Avery Bradley didn't have a great game last night he didn't shoot I mean he did have a few big threes or one or two big threes down the stretch some corner threes so I mean I'll give him credit for that leading up to that point though he wasn't really playing all that well and so the question is, like, why is Avery Bradley in and Malik Monk on the bench? Avery Bradley, I know he's a good a good defensive guard. He can give you that good perimeter defense. Or he can give you – he's one of the better perimeter defenders the Lakers have. So I get that. Honestly, I don't envy Frank Vogel's job because you look at one thing. You look at Malik Monk sitting on the bench, and you're like, why is Malik Monk sitting so much? Like, we need his offensive production. But then, like, Avery Bradley is on the bench and guys are letting the Jazz get by them. And you're like, why is Avery Bradley on the bench? He's our best perimeter defender. Uh, you know, it's – you're kind of between a rock and a hard place as a head coach. I get I get, I get, get it's not an easy job. But with how well Malik Monk has been playing, why was he sitting so much? I don't know. That's a big question. And Frank Vogel doesn't seem to have a whole lot of rhyme or reason when it comes to his lineups. He doesn't – I don't know if the Lakers have started the same starting five four games in a row. It's always someone different. There's always one new guy in there. It's it's kind of confusing. I don't really know. And I, I think today or last night, 
Malik Monk came off the bench, which was a little surprising to see. You know, maybe Frank Vogel wants to get some, want you know, you want Malik Monk as like that six man kind of guy that can lead the the second unit, second unit kind of thing. Maybe that's what it was. Which I'm not totally opposed to that. Like if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna do that with Russell Westbrook, which I am kind of like earlier earlier on in the season, that's kind of what I was thinking. Right? Is like you have Westbrook wasn't playing well enough to deserve starting minutes, in my opinion. So I was like, okay, have Russell Westbrook come off the bench as a six man and lead the second unit. That would never happen. But if you're not going to do it with 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 Westbrook, then do it with Malik Monk. That that. I could see that making sense, especially with Anthony Davis comes back and, and everything. So kind of some weird stuff going on from a lineup standpoint with Frank Vogel. It worked out. Lakers got the win. That's the most important thing. And hopefully the Lakers can continue to take that momentum that they had from winning against one of the best teams in the Western Conference and, and take it in strides, get Anthony Davis back, and go from there. So I'm going to take a quick break. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the next few games the Lakers have coming up. All right, so the Lakers have their next game is Wednesday night against the Indiana Pacers. This is a team that is not that good in the Eastern Conference. The Lakers beat them in overtime. Again, one of those games where it shouldn't take an overtime to beat the Pacers, but we got the win nonetheless. LeBron had some big threes down the stretch. It was a good game overall. Lakers got the win. That's why it was, a good, it was a good game. So we play the Pacers at home on Wednesday night before going on a big road trip, the Grammy road trip. So the Lakers – so, I mean, the Lakers should win against the Pacers, especially after coming off a good win against the Jazz. Most people were not feeling the Lakers beating the Jazz last night. I put out a, put out a poll on the Lakers carpool Twitter asking the Lakers fam how we felt about the game. Lakers win – not good or other and I didn't get any other and you know the vast majority of people did not feel good about the game so Lakers end up pulling out a great win and hopefully we can take that like I mentioned take that momentum into the next two games into the road trip because we play some some good teams on this road trip so we play the Pacers on Wednesday should be a win then we go to I'm pretty sure we go to Orlando uh, the first game on the road trip again should be a win Orlando has won eight games at least last I checked. Unless they unless they won last night, they've won eight games this season. So, and we beat them before this season. They're not a good team. So Lakers could go on a quick little three-game win streak if we can beat the Pacers at home, beat the Magic in Orlando, and then from there things get tough. We play the Nets. We play the Sixers. And what is the third team that we play? I'm blanking on it right now. This is the downside of doing a podcast while driving because I can't just easily check the schedule. <laughs> um, it might be the Heat, honestly. It might be the Heat. But they play the Nets and the Sixers. I know that. So the Nets are without Kevin Durant, which is good for the Lakers. But, you know, other than that, I mean, those are tough games. Like, it's going to be a tough – it's a tough road trip, but – if we could get Anthony Davis back, that could be huge. That could really change the outlook of how this road trip is going to go. So Anthony Davis, I mentioned this before. If you're following the Lakers, you probably already know this, but they're re- reevaluating him, I think, this week, or maybe it happened last week. 
the the hope is that the Lakers feel good that Anthony Davis can come back on this road trip, can be back and ready to play on this road trip. So, and if he's able to, that's huge. So, again, we we don't want to rush him back either. And that's that was part of the big thing with the Lakers is they're not going to rush him back. They're going to take their time. They're going to make sure he's good. They're going to evaluate him and all that stuff. It would be nice to have Anthony Davis on Wednesday night against the Pacers, given the size that they have with Sabonis and Miles Turner. Like, it would be good to have him there. But it's a winnable game for the Lakers without Anthony Davis. Same goes for Orlando, right? Like, it would, be, it, it would be nice to have him. I mean, it's always, of course it would be nice to have him. What am I saying? I'm an idiot. No, it, like, of course it would be nice to have him against the Magic, but that's a winnable game again without Anthony Davis. So you have two winnable games coming up without needing Anthony Davis. So if I'm the Lakers, like, I'm not – I don't feel super inclined to rush him back unless he literally feels 100% ready to go. Where I would try and have him come back – well, actually, this is what I would do if I was the Lakers – Let's say Anthony Davis is ready to go for Wednesday night's game. Maybe I throw him out there. You let him start, play him 10 minutes or something. You have him on like a minute restriction just to get his legs going, just to get his legs under him again, pick up that conditioning and all that stuff. And then try and up his minutes against the Magic, right? Because you want to get his legs under him give him conditioning like I mentioned before but up his minutes and then have him ready to go full on against the Nets and those three teams the Nets the Sixers the Heat I think I hope I hope I'm not wrong I apologize for just not looking at that or just forgetting um if we get if we get Anthony Davis ready and and back those against the tough teams in this road trip, then then I feel a lot better. I, I mean, it's still not – I still wouldn't pick – if I was betting – if I was a betting man, I wouldn't pick the Lakers to win necessarily, even with, Anthony, with, even with Anthony Davis. But they are a much better team with him than they are without him. So we'll see. Again, this is all just hypothetical. I don't know for a fact where, where Anthony Davis is, but it, it was sounding kind of like maybe he would be ready to go this week or or something like that so if he is then that's kind of that's kind of what I would do unless again unless he's just ready to go and just get him back at it full time I'm all for that too but if if he's still if, if he's ready to go but he doesn't if he's not if the Lakers aren't quite sure where he's at give him a little playing time see where he's at see what he can do but it's also a risk because you don't want him to get more hurt so it, I, the Lakers have one of the best training staffs in the NBA. I trust them wholeheartedly that they're going to do right by Anthony Davis. So whatever the Lakers decide to do, I think is going to be the right choice. That being said, with the Lakers training staff, Kendrick Nunn is another question for the Lakers. Where, where Where's he at? What's going on there? We haven't really gotten a good answer from the Lakers what's going on. He's missed half the season with a bone bruise in his knee. That's all we know. They... We're a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, they kind of Frank Vogel came out and said once, once Kendrick Nunn's back, he's going to get a lot of playing time. So it's like, okay, well, he's missed half the season. What's he's just going to come in and get a lot of playing time? You know, I, I get it. Like he was, he was a pretty good, he was a decent player for the Heat when they played the Lakers in the in the championship. Like we know that he's what he's capable of 
in theory. But he hasn't played all season for the Lakers. You know, like, he's just gonna, you're going to plug him in. He's going to get a ton of minutes. He's going to take minutes from – who's he going to take minutes from? Hopefully it's not Austin Reeves. He's going to take minutes from THT. Is that what it's going to be? Malik Monk? Shouldn't be Malik Monk. Avery Bradley, maybe. If Kendrick Nunn, if Kendrick Nunn can play to the same level – of defense as Avery Bradley does, then okay, I, I could be okay with that. But it's a, it's a, it's again another weird question with with Vogel's lineup situation. So Kendrick Nunn is the while I trust the Lakers training staff and everything, it would be nice to get a good answer from the Lakers as to what's up with Kendrick Nunn. I've no, I don't really know exactly what a bone bruise feels like. I don't know that I've ever had one. I'm sure it doesn't feel pleasant. So I don't necessarily blame him for being out for so long I, I would just like to know what the status is what's his progress what's what's the timetable so some questions there with Kendrick Nunn Anthony Davis again they they're giving us a little more answers with him I think just because he is Anthony Davis but hopefully he is able to come back in the next week or so it's kind of out remains to be seen again depending on how the evaluation of his knee goes and everything but thankfully for him and for us as Lakers fans, it was only a sprain, no, no structural damage to the knee, no structural damage to any tendons or ligaments or anything like that. So, again, good news there. And hopefully, he come back. He comes back ready to go and ready to play with, with with some intensity. Because before he got hurt, he was playing a little lackadaisical. You know, we've seen Anthony Davis at his best. Anthony Davis at his best was the 2019-2020 season, where he was arguably Defensive Player of the Year. He was putting up 40 points in games. He was getting 15-plus rebounds, blocking shots. He was all over the place. So we know what Anthony Davis can do. I think maybe after last season, he was a little, he was a little afraid of getting hurt again, maybe. Maybe? I don't know. But maybe that's what it was. He came out this season. He, he was, I mean, he was playing well. Like, he was putting up 25 points. He was, like, averaging, like, 23 points a game. He was taking a load off of LeBron James, which is good. He was doing things offensively that were good, but the defensive intensity just wasn't quite there. I mean, there was the play against the Minnesota Timberwolves where Carl Anthony Towns backed down Anthony Davis, scored on him, and then did the too small gesture. Like, oh, that, that, if I was Anthony Davis, that would make me mad. That would be enough to, to start playing with some intensity. And... He got, he got hurt shortly after that, so we we haven't really seen it yet. So hopefully he comes out fired up. He sees what the Lakers are doing. He sees the Lakers playing good defense last night against the Jazz. Hopefully when he, when he comes back, he comes back with an intensity like no other, a defensive player of the year level intensity where he is able to perform in a way that leads the Lakers to, to go, on a, go on a streak. I mean, he said earlier on in the season when the Lakers were struggling – all we got to do is go on a 10-game win streak, right? Like, that's, he, he said it so casually. Which makes me think that he actually thinks the Lakers can do that. And if he actually thinks the Lakers can do that, that's, a lot of that is between him and LeBron and, and Westbrook. And if he's confident that they can, they can perform in a way that can put the Lakers on a 10-game 10 10 game win streak, then be my guest. Please go ahead and do that. So I, I feel... I feel optimistic about the idea of AD coming back and, and the Lakers, and especially after last night's game, right? Like the Lakers proved they can they can go up against the best. They can play good defense even without Anthony Davis. So you plug Anthony Davis into a team that played like they did last night, 
even when they're not playing great offensively, they're still able to beat any team in the NBA. You play like you did last night against the Jazz, plug in Anthony Davis with the same level of intensity, you're beating, you can beat any team in the NBA. So that makes me feel good. It makes me feel like the Lakers have something cooking. Hopefully it's not false optimism. Hopefully it's not false hope. But I feel good after that one game. Again, a lot of it remains to be seen, right? Like the Lakers went from all-time low against the Nuggets getting beat by almost 40 points, getting called out by Magic Johnson and all that stuff, which, by the way, an aside, Magic Johnson was well within his rights to say what he said. He tweeted basically saying that Genie Bus Lakers fans deserve more from the Lakers, more effort, more intensity, more more urgency. So that's all he said, which is true. The Lakers sucked. He was well within his rights. That being said, they went from an all-time low against the Nuggets, losing by almost 40, to an all-time high beating the Jazz by six. I mean, it could have been more, but beating beating the Jazz, doesn't matter by how many points, beating the Jazz in general, without Anthony Davis. So you go from an all-time low to an all-time high. Let's hope the Lakers can keep that momentum. Hopefully they felt like crap after that loss to the the Nuggets, and they remember how that felt, and they go out every single game playing to, to not let that happen ever again. If they do that, I feel optimistic. Because as you can see, the Lakers can can beat just about any team in the NBA if they're if they're bought in, if they're playing with urgency, if they're playing with hustle and effort and grit and all that stuff. So I feel optimistic. Hopefully again, I've it's been a roller coaster of a season. The amount of times that I felt both optimistic and then also like let's just blow it up has been countless times. It's a it's been a roller coaster of a season. So I'm sure we all feel the same way, but I'm the Lakers beating the Jazz does kind of change things for me a little bit. A little bit. It's it's cautious optimism. I'll say that. So let's hope the Lakers can continue the intensity, continue getting wins. We can beat the Pacers, beat the Magic, and then go into the tough rest of the road trip and, and win some ball games. I mean, if we even if you beat, even if you win, only win a couple of those games against the good teams, at least you're beating good teams, right? So here's hoping the Lakers can can continue the momentum. They remember how this win last night feels, how bad the loss to the Nuggets felt, and we can go on a bit of a run. Get Anthony Davis, go on a bit of a run. That's all I got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Go Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!